What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you were tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving the show some of your attention. If you were a return listener, you were literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's guest is James Quigley, a business coach and consultant who literally lights up any room he walks into. I love this conversation because James can relate to so many people in regards to his story of finding himself, his own success, and how most of it was not a linear progression. Life and business are tough, and it is those who are willing to put in the work to conquer the lows who eventually find themselves riding the highs. And James's story will certainly have you motivated to conquer whatever it is you are currently going through. Not only that, if you find yourself wanting to start a brand or a business in the fitness industry, he is definitely someone you should reach out to. So let's give it up. For James Quigley. What's up, fam? CJ Finley here, back with the Thrive on Life podcast. It is Thrive Thursday, and I have Mr. James Quigley here on the podcast today. I'm super excited for this conversation because we've already spent like about an hour chatting about all the good things. James is super high vibe, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear this discussion. But how are you doing today? Dude, I'm great, man. I'm great. You know, there's a lot of there's a, positive, a lot of positivity in the world right now, if you're looking that way, right? If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. And you got me thinking earlier about something, which was events. You know, when was the last time we actually got a chance to host an event? You know, when was the, what was the last event you hosted? I'll tell you about the last event I hosted. Well, you have to kind of clarify here in person, yes. not digital. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. hosting. Let's clarify that. Digital events. (laughs) In-person events. When was the last time we actually held an in-person event? So So for me, it was fortunately New Year's Day. So not too long ago, um, but we had an event here at Squatch Frontier Fitness Mm. where we got a bunch of people. It was outside um, and really just kicked off the new year in in a good way. But I know here in Texas, it's a little bit uh, more free to yeah. go about ha- as you please and, and people can kind of make the choices that they want to make um, a little bit more than everywhere in the US. So a lot of people probably can't even remember. They'd have to go to their Facebook memories yeah, or Instagram memories. Sure. But what about you in terms of hosting? I know you've been to a couple, but what's the last? The last one I hosted over a year ago, way over a year ago, a year and two months, Dubai CrossFit Championships was the last event I actually did a live event announcing. As far as like the last event I organized and put together, it's been a couple of years. You know, it's been a couple of years. Uh, One of the major things, I love events, and since we're talking about it, and I think we need it, right? I think we need bringing people together. You know, we forgot what that's like. It's almost like people are afraid to come together and have that like human connection. You know, right now, people are so afraid that they're going to kill someone. And I hate that. I hate that because we need, like humans need love. You need contact. You need that human to human interaction. So I can't wait. I can't wait to really like bring that out and about. 
Well, I want to backtrack here because I, I agree with everything that you said. And it's one of the reasons that I love Austin, Texas is everybody here is so into events and like connection and, and learning from each other. You mentioned Dubai CrossFit. Is that CrossFit Championships? Is that, I, I saw a photo of you with a mic and like a huge crowd. Yeah. Was that where it was? Yeah, that's where it was. That's it. What, run us through like, I'll ask a, a two-part question here. How did you get to the point to be the guy with the mic in the hand there uh, at the CrossFit Championships and how Dubai? Okay. So I'll have to reverse that. Okay. So I actually lived in Kuwait a couple of years ago. I went out there to run gyms. Um, Kuwait is probably one of the most unhealthiest regions in the world. And there was a, a duo who went to college in California, found CrossFit. They, were, they joined the gym. They brought it back to Kuwait. And they were like, we got to do this. And so uh, the person I was consulting for them was a good friend of mine. He approached me about the situation, or should I say opportunity, to go out there. And so I went. I just decided to jump. And that's a whole other story. So I went to Kuwait. And they decided to do their own version of the CrossFit Games out there, uh, Battle of the East, which was the very first CrossFit like real event in the Middle East. And I remember, um, I remember going to the guy that was operating it. The, he, I was boots on the ground. He was like the big vision. And I was like, dude, I want to MC this. And he's like, no. You're not emceeing this. You need to be like running it and helping <laughs> all this stuff. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to emcee this. And he's like, no, you're not going to emcee this. And I'm just like, oh. So I it went for months, like before the event. And I was just like buying him coffee. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to host this event. And he's like, okay, fine. As long as you promise to make sure all your responsibilities are done. And I'm like, yes. And so that was the first real time I got on the mic at a CrossFit event. Big, a major CrossFit event. And our relationship stayed consistent throughout the years. And I started hosting other events and things like that. And he went on to uh, be the organizer for the Dubai CrossFit Championships. At that time, it was Dubai Fitness Championships. I get a call. I had just got back from Germany. And I had just did the Berlin, the Beast of Berlin. And I just got back in. Like, I was just, this is the first night I'm sleeping in my bed after being gone for a week. And I get a call at like 12.30 at night. My WhatsApp's going crazy. And so I look at it and he's like, hey, dude, uh, would you be interested in possibly doing the Dubai Fitness Championships? No, it's super last second, but there's an opportunity. And I was just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. And so, yeah, I pulled the trigger and that's kind of how I got out there. And then after that, COVID? No, no. So this is like three years ago. Okay. okay. So I, I ran that event for the last three years. Okay. Uh, 2019 was the last one. 2019. And were you in Austin when that all happened? Yeah, yeah. So you were in Austin? Yeah, I was already in Austin. So I do have a question. Um, why Why did you feel called to MC? Like what was what was in you that was like, I want to MC this thing? I think in a past life, I should have been a DJ. <laughs> my, my wife will like that yeah. like I, she's still waiting on me to buy her uh like a uh i don't even know what it's called off Amazon. turntables yeah turntables turn yeah. yeah same with her like as soon uh, as spotify came out she likes making playlists and uh, stuff but i was shy growing up i was really shy i was a very introverted kid um why is that i just you know um i didn't have i played with my toys by myself a lot 
Um, I was just very introverted, but I can, I can tie it back to really growing up with the, my father was uh, involved in organized crime and involved in other illegal things. Great guy. He was a very hard blue collar worker, but I would go with him a lot on his runs or do different things with him. And every time we'd do something, he'd be like, whatever you see, whatever you hear, never repeat. And so I grew up with that. And I literally grew up without a voice, it felt like, because I've always felt I can actually do harm to my family if I speak up or speak out. So I grew up very shy. And it wasn't until I got into retail at about like the age of like 16, 17 years old, and I started actually doing also telemarketing that I developed my personality. Telemarketing. Oh my God. That's a whole nother world. That's a whole nother world. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think half these listeners even understand what telemarketing was. Yeah, that's when we, that's when that's when you picked up an actual landline and you called each other and you tried to sell people things over the phone. That's oh man. I I my last job, my last corporate job before I went full time was cold calling. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny funny story here, uh telemarketing. So I was in sales and recruiting of like um IT recruiting. Oh. And Aaron, my wife, worked at a engineering and technology firm at the time and she was consulting there. She so she literally I, I shit you not was sitting next to the people I was cold calling. So she would hear them pick up the phone and like kind of hear them stumbling on the words like who is this? Like blah blah blah. And she would text me, Did you just call so and so? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> the and like that was the kind of the beginning of the end where oh. it was just like, she's like, this is too uncomfortable for me to work here. And like, you're not happy with what you're doing. So like, let's figure something out. Um, but run us through a little bit of your background actually in the health and wellness space, because I want to definitely dig into, there's a lot of people out there that I'm sure would love to MC a huge event like yeah. you did. But as we were chatting before we got on this podcast, we know that the journey is much longer than just like one day randomly getting an opportunity to right. MC the Dubai Fitness Championships. Like yeah. there's so much work and uh, self-actualization that goes into that prior to that. So we'll fast forward a little bit from you were shy as a kid. How did you get into fitness in general? Uh, so after high school, um, I dealt with a lot of, well, during high school, I dealt with a lot of adversity. You know, um, I was heavily into sports. Sports was like, for many of us, sports was my saving grace. It taught me discipline, sacrifice, teamwork, sportsmanship. And I lost my best friend. My parents got divorced. And I had a lot of things just happen in my personal life that just stripped me away of sports. I just lost my love of it. You know, I, did, I lost my identity. I didn't know who I was anymore. And so for a few years there, I got really unhealthy. You know, like many young people, I started hanging out, started partying, I started going to the park and, you know, drinking and doing all kinds of things that I shouldn't have been doing. And at about 20, I had, I had a daughter and 21 when I had her. And that was a wake up call. I looked down and I realized, who am I? Like, this is not who I am. Um, I looked down, I had a stomach. I grew up skinny my whole life. And here I was with a beer gut, right? And... I was just really unhealthy and I saw pictures of myself just not looking like uh, like who I, I didn't recognize this person. And so I decided to join a gym and I walked into Autumn Gym at 21 years old and my first gym membership cost 70 bucks for the year. I mean, just think about that. $70 for the entire year. Loved it. Loved 
the confidence that I started to build, love, like I felt my self-image come back. You know, I've been, I was bullied my whole life of that. I'm too skinny. I mean, people called me a crackhead. They called me AIDS patient. And I remember lifting those weights. I remember fucking hearing that. Like, look at this AIDS patient. Look at you, right? Look, you, look like a, you look like a dope addict, you know? People not realizing that my father was a heroin addict. So that gave me drive like I never had before in the weight room. And I just started to lift weights and I started to get really immersed in the lifestyle. So at about 25, I didn't know what to do with my life. You know, um, I had my first real failure in entrepreneurship. My first two cell phone stores that I opened up, I had to close them. And I remember feeling like a complete failure. But a buddy of mine gave me a call and he's like, hey, dude, we're going to do a Hamptons house. You know, you should just come out, hang out for the summer. You can bartend, you know, just have a good time with us. Cool. I'll do it. You know, just decided to take the opportunity. Didn't know where my life was going. Thought I was a complete failure. Thought my life was over at 24, 25 years old. I meet a good friend and we're just shooting the breeze. We're talking about fitness. Uh, he sees how much I like it. Talking to me about my sales background. And he starts telling me, you know, about his fitness background and what he does. And he was a manager at a large corporate fitness chain in Long Island, New York. And maybe it was the alcohol. Maybe, you know, I don't know what it was, but he offered me a job. And he's like, I'd love for you to interview to be my assistant manager. And I was like, sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, we're just having, we're having a couple of drinks. Who knows what can come of this? Well, I went in there and interviewed and... Lo and behold, I got the job. And so at 25 years old, I got the job. And that was my first real entry into fitness. Hell of a story. It was like, I love how you're talking about we had a train. Like everything in life seems like when it comes together like that is some form of a cocktail. And it doesn't, <laughs> and I'm not saying like yeah. an alcoholic cocktail, but like the right thing has to happen at the right time with the person asking you something. And it's just like you don't even. It just, I can go so many places with this, but what it reminds me of is there's so many people out there in this world right now that you've never known before. And then at like the drop of a pin, both of you can come together and it's like the synergy where your entire life changes yeah. for the rest of your life. And it's interesting that we're talking about events because even prior to you coming over today, I was looking through my Facebook memories, which is something that I always do um, just to like, I, I was a completely different human being. Um, 10 years ago. And I wrote about that on my email list today. And then I was looking through my Facebook memories. And today was the day that I placed, well, I qualified for Are You Strong, which was like Rutgers fitness competition. Um, and this relates to you. So it's a little bit long, but it was basically, I got pressured into doing this because I had just joined a fraternity and you're like, oh, you're athletic, go get us points. Like, so even if you just show up, you got points for the fraternity. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm an athlete. I might as well go just do this. Are you strong thing? Now I'm thinking like I'm 150 pounds. Like, I don't know how much I'm actually going to help our team. And I end up qualifying out of like a couple hundred people third in mm. the qualifications and like the top 12 go to the finals and I didn't train for it. But now like when I qualified, I was like, okay, I see what the events are, which was like the tire flip farmers carry, um, bag row, um, a whole bunch of stuff. And I think it was like two weeks later was the finals. And I ended up coming in second. And I remember after that, like calling my dad and be like, I don't think I'm meant to do engineering. Like I would study 12 hours and fail. And then I just show up to this 
are you strong competition where I've, I've never even seen any of these things. Like I'm an athlete. I trained like an athlete where we would do sprints and high jump and these things. Like I was never flipping tires or anything like crossfitty type of stuff. I've never done it. But what I realized is I had been training for that my whole life, pretty much. Like I'd been training for that event through sports my whole life, but I didn't play sports anymore. So I was like lacking that community and that feeling of like, wow, like I just did something that I didn't think I could do and I actually excelled at it. Let me go down this grapevine. And that's what kind of led me into, man, should I quit engineering and be exercise science and do this and do that? The reason I'm telling this story is much like yourself, it seems like right timing, right place, right person. And I know for me, even after that initial feeling, there was a lot of headache and a lot of up and down in between that of, well, I need to go get a corporate job to pay my bills, even though I'm really passionate about training and and helping people get better with their health and everything like that. So for you, run us through, you get this assistant manager job. And when we're all young, it's just like, oh, we got this new job and we're super stoked. But then you realize a year into it, typically it's just like, okay, it's great, but like still where am I going with my life? Maybe it was different for you than it was for me, but as a high achiever that I see that you are, usually this is kind of the type of thing that happens. What was your next realization of like, okay, you had this job, like what was that next thing in in the fitness game for you that you were eyeing up? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. Like you you get this job and you're 25 years old. You don't know if you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life or not. I had no idea I'd be this would be my career. I just was like, oh, this is an opportunity, you know, because right before that I had my greatest failure, right? And so- I look at life as like, it's just this constant change of rain. Like you said, you had this thing that you had this thing you wanted to do, but God gave you a little bit of rain and it forced you off your path a little bit so that you can figure out your bigger mission. And so for me, that's what happened. And so I started going down the path into the fitness industry and I was working in corporate fitness, very different than what you probably see today. It's all about numbers. It's a sales game. It's not about fitness. It's not about life. It's not about helping people improve. It's about selling memberships and packages. And so as I got more and more involved in fitness, I was good at that, but I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that I wasn't really heavily involved in getting people results. I wasn't really making an impact in their life. I was just making sure that- Give us a day in the life. Like, What did that look like? Yeah. So it was pretty much what you would think a Wall Street job would look like versus a fitness job. You go in, you go into your office, you look at your numbers, you set your day up, which is awesome, which is really good. That gave me some really good skill sets. But now it's, you're hitting the phones, you're making sure you're hitting about two hours worth of phone calls. Then you're in two hours worth of meetings with your trainers to make sure that they know what their numbers are. They know they got to hit their targets. The What do their conversions look like? Uh, how many appointments are they setting up? Uh, so it's a you're heavily involved in the numbers aspect, which is not bad, but I was still young in fitness and I really wanted to like get out there on the floor and train people and see people see results. So I decided to go on my own. And at that point, I started to kind of dabble in sports performance. And I went to go work with the same guy we went to go work uh, for another gym and a sports performance company, very large. This was like the company that was running the original combine practices before like 
all these companies now run these NFL combines for athletes. And I was also still loved being a partier. I was also a young man and enjoying my life. And I had a little too much fun. And so my best friend at the time, he was my best friend. He got me in fitness. He was my mentor. He did the best thing ever. He fired me. And he fired because I was either showing up late. I was not showing up to my shifts. I wasn't holding up my end of the bargain, right? I just kind of, I kind of took this thing, this gift that I got for granted. And so he fired me. And I realized that he's also my biggest reference. So how am I going to get a job, right? He fired me. How am I going to get a job now? Where am I going to go? And there was a, a real realization that like, you're an entrepreneur. You've done this before. You've done this for yourself before. Why not now? What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with James. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with James Quigley. And so that's when, again, another chance meeting with a, with a friend of mine who actually was a trainer with me um, or he worked for me. We just ran into each other. We started shooting the breeze. What are you up to? What are you up to? And he's thinking about opening up his own studio. He's thinking about opening up his own gym. And so we just kept the conversation going and we decided to open up the studio together. So that was the next step. And in between all this, because obviously there's so much mud and there's so much thing, yeah. th- things that we're going through during all this. And like, obviously this is before a time of like, you can just get on Instagram and learn anything or yeah, get on YouTube. And what were you doing to like stay sharp, to like learn to, how did you even, in, in my mind, I'm like, how did you know that this was the thing when there was no, nothing to even look at to say that this is a thing? Cause like now, if you're trying to find your passion or trying to find your hobby or trying to find someone to connect with, you can open up seven different mm-hmm. apps and kind of see like up oh, for me, not for me, maybe for me, but go back 10 years, 20 years, that didn't exist. So what what was really compelling you like deep down to continue on that path? Because literally you're you're talking about multiple kind of failures in it. <laughs> what was going on in your mind that was like, no, this is still it. I just have to continue to figure out what that landing pad is. I wish I could say it was easy and, oh, I just figured this thing out. I thought about many times taking the police department test or the fire department test. I thought about going into other industries and potentially taking these skill sets that I had. 
but I love this thing. I just loved it. I love the, the feeling of helping someone see something that they can do something they weren't able to do before. And I can't, there's no ROI behind that, but there was for me, right? And there was, a, there was internet. It just wasn't what it looked like today. There was MySpace. And so, <laughs> and there were people that I followed and I started to see, okay, there's places to go. I just don't know how to get there, right? And so at that time, the, the governing body was like, perform better. So I waited every week or every month for the Perform Better magazine. And in the Perform Better magazine were all of these great resources that would give you. And so I remember finding Alwyn Cosgrove and Rachel Cosgrove. They own Results Fitness in California. Here were these two people writing books and running a gym that is very different than what I'm used to. I'm, more, I'm used to at this point, just one-on-one training or a big box gym. Here are these two people running a membership-based gym, teaching classes with strength training and HIIT training and sports performance. What? What is this? And so I remember going out there and just like we talked about, you were like, man, I jump on the, I jump on the plane. I'm going to go meet these people. I don't know why, but I felt compelled to go do that. And so I went out to California and I went to go check this thing out. And they're just two incredible humans. Um, they probably met so many people, they probably don't even remember me. But that impact that it had on me was like, no, I'm staying. This is what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to do this. Um, and so that's kind of how it just kept leading me to the next thing. And then right after that, the economy went to shit. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like every time every time the water flows a little bit smooth, smoother, yeah. the, the rocks keep on coming but i'd love to kind of shift into what does life look like today Mm. like because we're talking a lot about how you had a passion for events and you were doing doing events and then big box gyms and kind of failing and and going around but i'd love there's a lot of people that listen in and tune in that might be questioning their path right now it's been a year of covid and people are really trying to figure out man, what does my, the rest of my life look like? Is it, is it online? Is it in person? Is it events? Is it, what is that thing for me? Um, and I'd love to kind of kick it into, to culminate your entire story. Now you're doing a lot of business coaching and helping other people build their things. What kind of lesson did you acquire over the years that maybe somebody who is struggling to find their thing, what are a couple of tips that you would tell them to basically invest in Mm. So that they can get to this point in their life where like you're thriving right now and I want to help other people thrive. So when you think back of your whole story and how there were some struggles, there were some wins, it was constantly up and down. What are some things that you would do today if you were somebody to kind of have more W's than L's? Yeah. You know, if I can do it all over again, right? I love that question. If I can do it all over again, where would I go? What would I start with? You know, number one is, just drop the ego, you know, have this beginner's mindset, regardless of any point throughout your, your career. And that beginner's mindset is going to keep you curious. It's going to keep you looking for the next thing and looking for ways to improve what you currently do. There's always ways to get better. But if you feel like you've arrived, if you buy into this hype, when your customers are like, you're the best, 
right? How many times have you heard that? Oh, CJ, we love you. You're the best. We love your programming. What would this place do without you? If you left, this place is going to fall apart. The moment you listen to that, right? You kind of cut yourself off from when someone does have to give you some critical feedback. When there's a moment where you can improve on something and you're like, what are you talking about? They love me. If I left, this place would fall apart. What do you, what, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's just like, you just cut yourself off from this opportunity to possibly even improve on even the good things that you're doing. But it's the same the other way. Like when you get harsh criticism, take it with a grain of salt, you know? So have a student mindset, have that beginner's mindset. Uh, another thing is like, this is fun. Think about the people around you and look at to see where they are. Are they where you want to be or are they where you used to be? Mm, that's so good. And that for me was something that I had to wake up to and just realize. I'm like looking at all of these people around me and they're talking about the glory days, the good old fashioned glory days and talking about war stories and we're talking about things we used to do. And none of them, none of them were where I want to go. And I love them. They're my friends, right? These are people I'm keeping around me, but it's like, these are not, they're not serving me. And we know that quote, right? It's like, what's the quote? It's uh, the five people around you. you oh yeah, yeah. That, you're the sum of the, you're the average of the five people you hang around most. Right. So I want to put that question back to you. Like, think about, was there a time in your life where you looked at the company you were keeping and saying, man, it's time to upgrade. Oh, I can tell you that I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't ask myself that question. Uh, so it took me five and a half years to graduate college because I transferred and I switched my major. I purposely transferred because I wanted to play sports a little bit extra, but that definitely took a psychological toll on me. And I was looking at it at the time like, man, it allows me to party more. It allows me just yeah. all these negative things that I look at. Um, it allows me to do – it basically allowed me to not live reality for an extra year. And when I look back, what ended up happening was I moved, I graduated, and then I took a job in Nashville, but I had eight months uh, before I would go. And I moved home and I never liked being at home. Like I moved out at 18 pretty much. And then I would come home for holidays and stuff like that. But I've always been super independent even when I was at home. Um, and I love my parents. It has nothing to do with being in, in their house or anything. It's just like I love to be on the move all the time. And we lived in Burlington, New Jersey, which doesn't have anything going for it. So it kind of inhibited me from being on the move. And what ended up happening was that kind of – energy where I hated being kind of caged forced me to be like, okay, I need to get a part-time job or a contract job just to buy my time until I moved to Nashville. And then I ended up moving outside of New York City. I lived in Union City and I met the two people that I lived with there. And what ended up happening was they literally started asking, they were 10 years older than me, asking these questions about my life. And I was just like, I've never really had anybody ask me these questions. Like when we were in college, like everyone's just like, oh, what's what's the job you're after? How much are you getting paid? Like what, what are uh, you going to do with the money? Let's go party. What girls are you talking to? All these different things. No one had ever asked me, what are your health goals? Like, are you mentally healthy? Do you physically feel fit? Are you spiritual? Like what's your spirituality? 
Like that, you asked me that question 10 years ago and I'm like, spiritual, what? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Um, Meditation, what? Like fitness other than to compete, what? Like it was, the only reason I worked out was because I wanted to win the game. When you take the game away, it was really like, okay, what am I working out for? So long, to to put a long story short, it was kind of a two-part thing. Like innately, I hated being kind of trapped, which forced me to go hang around people that I never thought I would meet. And it was by chance because the first place that I looked at, which I was really excited to, it was like with two other young guys, I had these cool cars and I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. He never, I went up there. I thought it was great. He was like, yeah, I'll text you back, whatever. Ghosted me. Mm. So I was like, shit, now I got to drive still two hours to my contract job in New York and I'm in South Jersey. It took another two weeks to find a new place. And then the two people that I met literally changed my life forever because the end of the day, Linda, she asked me like, what do you want from life? Is there someone out there? And that's what led me to be like, so my wife, Erin had started a fitness Instagram account. Instagram was starting to take off. And I was like, that's what I want. Like Mm. what she is doing, she has, she's an engineer and she's working out and she's trying to better herself and she's posting these cool quotes. And like, I started reading at the time too, like, because I was alone. I didn't have anybody around me to distract me. So when I came home, it was like, all right, what am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to read. In college, I didn't do that. It was like, yo, you want to grab a beer? You want to go do this? Or you want to go do that? And I would always just, I was a yes man. And as soon as I had to fill my time, again, I'm ADHD. I'm not going to sit there and do nothing. So I started reading, I started looking at the Instagram and I started hanging around older people. And that was a long-winded story, but it was like kind of me trying to figure out exactly kind of what happened. And it, a lot of it, what I want to convey to the audience is kind of by chance, but I listened. Like it's, that's the one thing I did. As soon as like the chance gave me the opportunity, like you saying, it, was, it wasn't like you're going to do this forever. It was just your opportunity and then once you get in that opportunity, you have to reduce your ego enough to listen. Yes. And I think that's really, when I was alone, I started listening a lot more than when I had the ego-driven fraternity, soccer player, whatever. It was like, I'm on top of the world. Everyone knows me at school. Like, I'm in a fraternity. Uh, I got the girl, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. We all know this is, as males, is like, that's kind of the transition you go through. I was a skinny kid in high school. And then like, I got... I was a good player on the team and then I start, people start seeing and noticing me and it kind of gets to your head and then you're back to square one in the corporate world. Yep. And it's just like, you're the low man in the totem pole. And I started to ask myself, what the fuck am I (laughs) doing in this world? Why am I blowing 300 a week on alcohol? Why am I blowing 400 a month on restaurants and bars? Um, yeah, who am I trying to impress? Yeah, what yeah. Am, like, why am I buying these clothes and this watch? And like, yeah. start asking myself all these questions. And then I'm asking them internally. And then you have somebody 10 years older kind of poking fun at you. Like, what are you doing? Like, literally, she would ask, she literally would straight up ask me, like, what are you doing with your life? She called me old soul. She was like, you say you want all these things, but then you act like a child. Mm. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, I've never had anyone, because your parents might tell you that, but you don't listen to your parents. So I've never had anyone just cutthroat, this is what you're doing. This is what you say you want. This is what you're doing. And one of the reasons that I even have a podcast or the way that I do things these days is because this is my chance to like maybe tell you a story where I can be direct with you and maybe it changes you. I don't, I don't know. But that was an amazing question. You know, that what you just said right there. So that would be my fourth one. Make sure that your actions are aligned with your words, right? 
we live in a world now where it's all about what you say. We look at more about what people say and we don't judge them on actually what they do, right? And so you realized, oh, my actions are not aligned up with what I want to do. And so that would be the next point. I was in the same boat. You know, I was on the surface, this healthy person, like this, like, you know, um, uh, Mr. Fitness. People knew me in Long Island for, it's funny you say Thrive on Life. I was Ignite Your Life at oh, that that's time. that's cool. That was my boot camp, Ignite Your Life boot camp. And I lived in a beach town and everyone knew me, Ignite Your Life, James. And, but at the same time, I'm at the bars with them getting completely hammered, right? And I'm not a young man anymore. I'm in my 30s at this point, but I'm still hanging on to this lifestyle for some reason. And so my actions weren't aligned up with what I wanted to do. And so you have to make sure that you're very clear on what you want. And that may not come to you right away, but just pick something. Pick one thing right now. And what's going to happen is as you work on it and as you're aligning up your values to it, you start to get more clarity and you start to realize where it is that you want to go. And that's exactly what happened to you and I, you know? So number four, I would definitely say, make sure you're aligned up, your actions align up with what you're talking about and what you're saying. Um, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because I tweeted yesterday, culture is not something that you say, it's something that you oh, do. Oh, I love And you hear it all the this. time, right? And it's just like so many leaders out there like try to tell like how to be a good leader and, and lead a good culture but then they don't do it themselves. And it's just like, I heard another quote from Simon Sinek. It's like, if you're a true leader, your, your job isn't to get results. If you're a true leader, your job is to help other people lead the people that are getting the yes. results. So it's just like, when you're at the top, my job isn't to be at the bottom getting people results. It's literally, how can I be the best human possible so that other leaders look up to me and then they get the people, the results. And for me, it's crazy that you, I, I like how you deduce it down to, say less, walk more. Um, that's kind of the little saying that I have to myself is just like, just get up and take action more. Yeah. Um, which is like when I was having that corporate job and people were asking me, cause I was still fit from working out in the gym after work and whatever. And they would be like, Hey, like, what are you doing? What are you eating? And I found myself giving people advice and being like, you got to drink less you got to do this. You got to do that. And then I would look in the mirror and be like, well, I'm not drinking less. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really focused on my health. Like me eating healthy was really just me constricting calories. Yeah. It wasn't like I was really doing the research on like, what is the most healthy thing that I could put in my body? It was literally, okay, I'm just going to eat tuna and pasta and whatever and go the cheap route. But was that the healthiest route for me? No, I was like getting more sick. Mm. And on the outside, I have a freaking eight pack and I am winning fitness competitions, but I'm shitting blood. And it's like, nobody knows this. Yeah. Like, and I'm preaching like, this is how you get healthy. These are the exercises you do. And it's crazy because like, this is five years ago. It's not like it was like 20 years ago. It was literally five years ago that this was going on. And then you start really peeling back the layers of, wow, my words are not aligning with my actions. And then now that I'm thinking about it, like Thrive, like the way that it started was it was a beacon for me to start aligning my actions with my words. Because if I'm starting a brand called Thrive on Life, I have to live it. Like I can't 
create this brand and then be someone completely different because no, it's not going to work. So it was literally my core values completely shifted when I created that brand. I was like, to make every heartbeat count, strive together, thrive together, all those things. People think it was for me to, it was an ego thing to like grow things. And no, it was saving my own life for the most part. So my next question for you is, as soon as you kind of figure that out, taking that action, it's easy to know, like I can tell people on this podcast, take more action. Right. But what actions do they take? So I'll niche it down a little bit more because this is your this is your target market and, and stuff like that. It's just like, so if, if I'm in the health and wellness space, yoga teacher, personal trainer, you name it, I'm in the space, coach, maybe mindset coach, whatever. What are some actionable items that they can be partaking in and we'll restrict it because it's COVID. What should they be doing on a daily basis to improve themselves? Mm, great question. Well, number one is going, taking a step back to what we just talked about, defining clearly what their values are. You know, you'd be surprised at how many people have values, but they don't know what they mean. Like I ask people, well, give me your values. I'm like, oh, integrity. Okay, great. What does that mean to you? And what can that mean to your customer? right? Your, your values, I have to see your value and understand how that's going to impact my experience with you. So what does integrity mean? It means being honest with yourself. It means communicate, communicating openly, right? So if you, you clearly define what integrity means to you, well, now it's easy for your customer and your team to understand how that's going to impact their lives. So start by clearly defining what your values are so you have these guidelines on which to govern yourself, then define your mission, you know, define your mission. And whether it's a, your first draft or your third draft, define it so that it's bigger than you. So that when you wake up in the morning, it pulls you out of bed. It's scary. It's like, if I tell this, if I tell CJ my, my mission right now, is he going to laugh at me? Cause he's going to think I'm crazy. Yes. That's what we want. Yeah. Say that, right. Say that. Um, so once you have that and you have your foundation set, what does your routine look like? What are your habits about, right? What are the, what are the six things you do in your life every day that are going to make a difference if you did them 30 days from today, six months from today, right? Make your bed, journal, meditate, practice breath work. Like what are those six to 12 things you can do every day in your life? Now that you have your foundation in your life, Apply that same approach to your business. What are the six things you can do every day in your business that's going to move it forward? I'm going to spend one hour drumming up business, doing lead generation. I'm going to make one video today. I'm going to put up one post today. I'm going to reach out and engage with 10 to 15 other coaches in my space, right? Just to kind of network and open up my net worth a little bit more. So this is the foundation. This is what needs to be set. And this is what I make sure when coaches come to me, they have this set. We breeze through it. I want them to get through this as fast as possible because it's ongoing. You're going to do this for the rest of your life. Then the next thing we do is very simple. Who do you want to serve? Who do you want to serve? We used to be in, in business. We used to create a product and then go find customers. Well, now what we realize is Let's find the customer, find out what they need, what they want, what they desire, and then make a product to fit that. 
And so now figure out who your customer is. Get to know them, right? What are their fears? What are their frustrations? What are their wants? What are their aspirations? Once you have that, now you can clearly define what your offer is going to look like to them, right? If you don't have an offer, it's going to just sound like noise on the internet. It just is, right? People, you're going to say, oh, um, I used this analogy the other day. If you're at a ball game and the vendor's just screaming, hey, I got stuff and I got things. I got stuff and I got things, <laughs> right? And then the other vendor's like, beer here. I got beer. Who's going to sell more, right? Yeah, people are going to get curious and be like, what is this guy? I got stuff and things. But the person that's got beer, people want beer. And the people that know they want beer are going to hear beer. And they're going to ask that guy for beer. So you have to know what your customer wants. And then you position your offer very clearly that, hey, this is what I have, what you want. I'm going to solve your problem. Here's the solution. Here's how I'm going to do it. And so once you have that, now it's real easy to take to the internet and learn how to market yourself. If I can say, what's the one skill I would love to develop if I can start all over again? It would be marketing. It would be marketing because 15 years ago, you didn't really need to know marketing because there wasn't really a lot of people. Now you throw a rock and everyone wants to be a coach or teach something that they know. So you really need to know how to market. And once you understand marketing and you understand how to be authentic in it, um, it's fun. It really is fun like because all you're doing is showing people how you're going to solve their problem. And then last but not least, uh, you, you definitely have to have some sort of comfortability with sales. For me, I, I grew up in sales, but I lost it because I had a very poor money mindset. I thought in scarcity. And I grew up around people doing illegal things for money. And so at some point when I got really high up in sales, that played a part. And that kind of derailed me. And I didn't want to sell anymore. I didn't like it. I didn't want to take your money because I felt bad. So once you get to this certain point, you have to make sure that your money mindset is strong and you're working on it every day. And that's thinking in terms of abundance. That think That's thinking in terms of, I'm not doing anything wrong by selling you something. You have a problem. I have a solution. I want to give you this thing. You want this thing. Okay, let's, let's work out an agreement. And that's all it is. And once you realize that that's all it is, that you're not doing anything wrong, whatever, if I'm selling CJ something and it's a problem, that's, it's a solution to CJ's problem, CJ has a value that he's willing to pay for that. I can't convince him of anything else. He knows what he's willing to pay for that. He knows, well, what is this worth to me? So if we come to an agreement with what that worth is, why would I ever feel bad? Why would I ever feel like I'm taking CJ's money unless I don't feel like I can deliver? And so once you go back to the beginning and you figure out who your customer is, you figure out the problem you're going to solve, now you can focus on becoming the best at solving that problem. You ended that with the number one thing that I think anybody should know. 
and that's solving a problem. So I love how you ended that and wrapped that up because I mean, I'm going to take notes on that afterwards because I think you can write a whole chapter of a book on what you just said. So anybody that's listening, like everything you said was spot on. And I like how you, you ended with sales and prior to that as marketing. Cause one of my biggest beliefs is that if you focus heavily on marketing, selling is easy. Like you won't even have to sell. Like for in, in my shoes, like I've kind of done the opposite. I'm trying to learn how to sell, create sales funnels more um, because I've done the marketing. I've done the marketing side of things and the analytics side of things. Marketing is a lot of analytics nowadays. It's like putting something, put A-B testing things in front of people and then figuring out which thing did you market the best and then trying to sell the thing that was the best. Um, so I'm trying to do the opposite of like, what is the best way to to sell a service or a product and put it in the right position. I love how you use that word. It's like putting it in a position to win when you're selling because it's much easier to sell something to somebody that is already looking for it. I always think when we're talking business, like you walk into a Best Buy and it's like someone asks you, hey, can I help you with something? The person that's already in there with intent to buy something is an easy sale. It's just like, yeah, where is X? Yeah. Like, this is what I'm looking for. Can you help me? Can you just point me in the right direction? Versus you go into the store and when I'm just browsing, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like, whatever. Yeah. But how many people like in the digital world and the coaches you are working with literally are targeting the people that are like, nah, I'm good. I'm just searching and, and scrolling on Instagram. And this is the big thing. I love how you did not fucking talk about social media, mm. like at all <laughs> in all of that. I was just like, the whole time I was like, please. To, to be honest, this yeah. is what I was thinking. I was like, please don't hit social media. Please don't hit social media. No. Because the one thing that I think is is torn apart the coaching space is how many people, and a lot of people don't even know that I do business coaching no. because I don't go on social media and say, hey, come work with me. I'm a coach. I'm a this, I'm a that. The reason I don't do that, it's a two-pronged approach. One, it's because there's a lot of people out there that will say they're the business coaches, but they're really just trying to bolster your Instagram and your personal brand and your right. image and sell through social media. Selling through social media is completely different than teaching somebody how to open an LLC, teaching them about taxes, teaching them how to build out a brand that's going to last 20 years. Like That's the stuff that I like to focus on. And you hit it kind of like on the head of build the foundation, learn these certain principles to basically build off of that foundation. And then at the end, if you don't have the right money mindset, if, you, if you're not comfortable selling your product, well, it doesn't matter if your foundations are good because you're still going to be broke. So, right. and I like how you ended with that because I think there's a lot of people that have solid foundation. They have a solid brand. They have solid pretty much everything. But even before like we got on this conversation, we we're talking about like different deals of like getting percentages of online stores and how to like, hey, first, first five clients I get you is free. But then after that, I want a percentage and just like certain things that a lot of people, they're not understanding even how to structure that. And I think for me, when I think about it, it's the way that I, I always break down things in the math and an equation. So if I charge you something, am I going to make you more money than what I'm charging you? Right. And that's the easiest way for me to kind of be like, okay, the value is there. And that's the easiest way for people. So if I, if you're, if you're going to, Let's say um, I'm charging a thousand dollars a month over a year. That's twelve thousand dollars. So then, as the coach or as the the business partner, or whatever, I'm just like, I just got to make them more than twelve thousand dollars. 
And that makes it so easy because it's legitimately right there. Oh, every month I can just track, are they making more than this? And did I help them get more than this? And then for the customer or the client, you're just like, oh, within six weeks or eight weeks, you're like, okay, they're definitely helping me make more money than I would have if I started this. But so many other people, I think the focus is, and this is what I've noticed, is can you get me a following? Because they're comparing, just like we were talking about yeah. earlier, like the New York City mindset of like, I don't even necessarily care about the money. I just want to to work with the brands that this guy's working with. I'm like, do you even know if that guy's making any money? Like right. he doesn't, you don't need the <laughs> following to make the money. You need to understand just business principles, which you hit on is know who your customer is because your customer nine out of 10 times doesn't give a fuck about your following. No. Like at all. They're no. not even watching. And I'm going to, I'm going to shout James out here because we were talking about this literally right before I pressed record, you were like, you're not my customer. So why would I make content for you? Cause we were talking about a lot of people make content for their peers to give them mm. claps rather than like, are they creating content which speaks directly to their target customer? Because whoever your customer is, James, when I see that content, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't even know what like, this isn't for me. So I'm yeah. just going to scroll right past it. Now, if James, if that hurt your feelings, you're not going to get any customers because if you care more about your peers' feelings than you do about serving your customer, it's going to be a huge problem. So one thing I want to get into right now, because you did such a good job of outlining that, is what is your mission mm. and who are you serving? Mm. I love that. So my mission is to help over 500,000 coaches and entrepreneurs get online, understand how to create an irresistible offer and make more money in less time. You know, it's the reason why that mission became clear is that I simplified it. And we make the mistake of making this mission like really grandeur, like almost like. Yeah, give an example. Yeah. Okay. So I want to help 500,000 mission driven, heart centered coaches live their passion, un, you know, create uh, incredible, impactful programs. It's like, I can't measure that. Yeah. It sounds awesome, but I can't measure that. And guess what? I don't know if I can, like, that doesn't even sound doable. I don't know what a heart-centered coach is. Like, yeah, you and I may know what it is. It's vague. We, it's so vague. And we use, these, we use this terminology and it's beautiful and it's powerful and it sounds really, really cute and fluffy, but it really doesn't get any return at the end of it. So my, I had to really just scrap my mission. I was like, what can I do? Well, what scares me? 500,000 coaches, that's scary. I, I think I'm going to live to 95 years old. That's pretty much what I'm, I determined, 95. Okay, that gives me 42 more years to help 500,000 coaches. Fuck, I, bet, I better get to work. <laughs> yeah. I better get to work, right? Um, but what am I helping them to do? They need to get online. They need to understand what their offer is and what, what do they want? How can I use this language that's just clear? Yeah, they just want to make more money in less time. Now that I know that, I can get better at doing that. And so if I can do that, if I can 10 times the result, I just 10 times my value. So that's my mission. Very simple. But also for me, it scares the shit out of me. Because that number, 500,000 coaches, helping them get online. But there's a greater mission in that, is that for every coach that does start a business, that does find financial freedom, they're now impacting these other people in their lives 
they're now happy to go to work and give this person a result. That person gets a result. They go home. They're nicer to their family. They're nicer to their employees. They're nicer to the people they work for. Now the people around them are impacted. That's impact money can't buy because they were in my business program. So that to me is the the ultimate bigger vision of the mission. I love that. And I, I like how you broke it down to your mission has to be ha, have enough clarity so that you can measure it, but also be scary enough that it almost seems impossible. Right. And that's where tying it back to that's what wakes you up every single day. And something that I've used in the past is I say on your shittiest day where – I don't know, maybe you got in a car accident, but you're okay and and things just aren't going your way and you lost some money and your girlfriend broke up with you or whatever. Like, what is your mission where you just like put a smile on your face and you know, like, you know what? Everything's gonna be all right because this is what this is what my life is meant to be. And like for me, you actually just gave me some clarity on maybe tweaking mine just a little bit because mine is like helping mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. And I say I say a million people. And the way that I get to a million people is if I help you, who then helps 500,000, well, then I just got half the people. Right, there you go. <laughs> so I think, I think in like, how do I just be the person that helps the people that are helping the people? Yeah. And then I break it down into an also an objective. So like my mission is this like this thing that, I'm never going to achieve. Even if I live to hundred years old, like helping mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive, like that's just a never ending thing. But then my objective is like, I lay it, lay it out like through consulting, through events, Right there's where my measurables are. But I like how you kind of formulated both all in one thing. So I'm going to try and, and create a one or two sentence thing where I can merge my objective and my mission together. So it's like a two sentence yeah. thing. I like that a lot. But my last question for you before we start wrapping up is... So you mentioned kind of like the the pyramid of like what people should be looking at, kind of investing their time into to learn a little bit. But the people that you've worked with, what is what have you noticed being kind of like a similar problem that they all have? And the reason I ask this question is because for the audience out there, we connect more over the problems. And like when you say, yeah, look at your foundation and, and study marketing and sales, like that seems super easy, but it, we know it's not. So maybe the problems, the kind of the same tr- things that are tripping everybody up, whoever's listening could be like, oh, that's me. This is what's going on in mind. Maybe I can now not trip over my shoelaces anymore. Maybe mm. I can tie that knot right there. So what have you noticed? It doesn't have to be one. It doesn't have to be 10. It could be whatever you think. What are some common themes that you see with people that are struggling to make more money in less time? They don't know where to begin. You know, they don't know where to begin. There's so much information out there. They don't know where to start, right? It's like- what we said before, do I start by growing my social media audience? Well, it makes sense. If I grow my audience, then I can market to more people. Well, yeah, but what are you going to say to them? So it's like, they don't know where to start. Uh, another thing is they're too consumed with what people think about them. Again, marketing to their peers versus marketing to their customers. So they get online, they put together this amazing, incredible post because they're, they want their peers to kind of put them on this pedestal and clap for them. But yet their customer just was like, I have no idea what the hell you just talked about. (laughs) So I'm just going to keep scrolling. (laughs) Um, Another thing is they put too much emphasis on the methodologies and on like their certifications rather than, again, creating simple solutions for their customers, right? 
I'll use NLP for example. And I love NLP and I'm very fascinated by it. But you see a lot of NLP coaches lean on that as the thing that's helping people. And although it's a tool in your tool belt, I would never call my plumber, right? Be like, dude, I got a clog. Come on over. And the plumber comes on over and he's like, I got this wrench. And this wrench is magical. This wrench is going to tap into your, uh, your, your faucet. It's going to turn three times. And I'm like, dude, I just have a clog in my sink. So he's not going to talk about his magical wrench. He's just going to go unclog my sink. And so the problem that happens is they want to get another cert because they think it's going to make them a better coach. They think that's the thing that their customer is going to put them on this pedestal. And it's like, no, you just got to get really comfortable with solving the problem that your customer needs. Uh, another main thing that I often see is focus and the ability to get the work done. Now that we're moving into this virtual space, we've got to work differently. And I struggled with this, right? Like I'm so good at being in the gym, hosting an event, hosting the class, problem solving on the fly. But now I got to sit at my computer. I got to like look at a spreadsheet or I got to create something. And I'm just like, this is a whole new different part of my brain that's being that needs to be utilized. So just like you build the muscle in the gym, you have to give yourself some grace, take your time, but know that you're building a muscle in being able to work virtually, being able to take an hour or two, put your phone on airplane mode and dig in and just really like practice. Okay, I'm just going to practice. When my brain wants to pull me away, I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to keep on just breaking through that little wall and go another five more minutes. And you do that every day and you just start to kind of develop that muscle. And then before you know it, man, you, you, you got lo-fi beats on and you're cranking out six hours. Like, whoa, how'd that happen? You know, you cranked out like four hours worth of content. You're just like, that's awesome. But it's a muscle that needs to be built. So those are pretty much the, the, the common problems that I see. That's awesome. And I think the last one is, is something that I've really started to study lately um, and it's one of those things that in a fast paced world, we were kind of talking about this right before we hopped on as well. It was just like, I always have the saying, the separation is in the preparation, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, you separate yourself in these small moments that nobody sees. It's not the event that separates you really. Yeah. It's what you do after the event. Can you sit there for an hour and send a message to every person that came to your event? You know how many trainers or coaches or event hosts or MCs won't do that? Because you actually have to do the work. You have to sit down and focus and be like, hey, Jane, hey, Emily, hey, John, hey, Dan, thank you so much for coming and send a little personalized thing. But that's what moves your needle forward. So I love how you hit on that because I don't think a lot of – like one, I wasn't expecting you to say that. And I don't think a lot of people even notice that as an issue in today's day and age where it's – Focus is a huge problem. If you can just focus, you're actually going to be like 90% ahead of the pack because oh most people can't focus for shit yeah. um, at any age. So it's just like, it's funny. I'm not picking on my mom, but like <laughs> every time I post a story, it's like emoji. Like I'm yeah. like, mom, what are you doing? Uh, like stop looking at all my stories. Like uh, just do, just look at my stories at the end of the day, all of them. And then just do an emoji to all of them. Don't throughout the day. Then I'm like, what are you doing throughout the day? Like, where's your focus? Like, you focus on your life. Stop looking at mine. I have a um, stat. I love you, mom. Um, I have a stat. I think it was Harvard did this study. Um, I could be wrong. I have it. I have it saved away. 
it takes your brain 20 minutes to switch from task to task. So if I'm focusing on this and then I switch to go look at my phone and then I try to go back to that, my brain's not, it's not computing. It's going to take me now 20 minutes to turn that boat around. And then not only am I doing that, but now I'm going to do this. And oh my God, I forgot to put up my story and I got to go do that. So that's why we run around scattered brain because the science behind it is that it actually takes it takes like the average of 20 minutes before your brain can be like, okay, whew, here I am. I can focus on this. So once I, once I found that out, I was like, I am a monkey brain because I am literally working all of these different things because I taught myself that way. So now I literally have to like put these blinders on and it's, it's discipline. It takes time. It's not easy. I struggle with this, but airplane mode works really well. And I love low, low five beats or um, the Pomodoro technique is my favorite. Have you ever used that? No, I have no idea. Explain so the Pomodoro that. technique, you can even go on YouTube. It's awesome. Just type in Pomodoro technique, uh, lo-fi. And so it's intervals and it's 20 minutes of work followed by five minutes of rest, followed by 20 minutes of work, followed by five minutes of rest. And it just keeps doing that. And you do like four to five cycles of that. And the beats just kind of like, they just go, just go, you're just like chilling, you're just in there. And then you get those five minutes of break, you get up, you walk around, you drink some water, you move your body, you don't look at anything, don't look at your phone. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at your phone. That's like the worst thing to do. And then just, you get right, get some coffee, you get right back in it. And before you know it, I started with like two to three cycles and now I can do like six to seven. That's awesome. I've never heard of that. I'm going to have to try it. Yeah, Pomodoro technique. And I think that's one you can obviously do with other people around too. So it's like when you're co-working, you can do that. Mm, and yeah, that's huge. And it's just like, that's one thing that like when people are around, it's way easier for me to be disciplined, which sounds counterintuitive because when people are around, you think you're going to chat more and stuff like yeah. that. But it's like, if, we, if we're if we all like working towards something, it's where a lot easier to just zone in because I'm just used to that team atmosphere and stuff yeah. like that. So that's been the, that's always been a big struggle of mine. And that's one reason we got the office is just like have people coming and going. It helps me dial in. Oh, I got a meeting in two hours. So I need to like focus in, get my work done. And then the meeting happens. I miss that too. And then it's just like kind of like a yin and a yang. Um, but man, this conversation has been so impactful. I can't wait to to really take a step back from it and listen to it and put some content together and use the Pomodoro effect to, to get it out there. Um, but we're going to wrap up here. What... If there's someone out there listening and they would like to work for you, who is your perfect customer? So somebody that's listening right now and kind of like has gone through the ringer of maybe they've tried a coach before or they've worked with other business partners before, who are you open to hearing from? Uh, I work with fitness coaches, mostly fitness coaches. Uh, that's just my, my bread and butter. Uh, that's who I know. That's who I was. The person that's looking to understand they need, to, they need an offer. And their messaging is just not getting heard. Uh, you need to get online, right? Maybe you're thinking about getting online. Maybe you're kind of online. You're tippy-toeing online. I love working with those people, right? Because it's real simple, the steps that they need to take to get online. It's real simple, the steps they need to take to understanding their customer. Um, but when it comes down to the qualities of the person, simple. Are you coachable? You know, uh, are, you willing to, are you willing to work hard and, and, and put the effort in? Are you willing to kind of like 
take that messy action and, and be humble and, and, and get the feedback and get the criticism that comes with growing. So if you had to say what the qualities are of a person, it would be, you know, humility, uh, coachability, um, and the ability to have fun and to enjoy this. Uh, because what the hell are we doing? We just can't enjoy this. I love that. What's the point of starting a business if you don't have fun doing it? I say that all the time. There's like yeah. so many entrepreneurs trade the 40 hour corporate job for an 80 hour self-employment job. Yeah. And it's you have to be a little like, crazy. We're a little yeah. crazy. Yeah. You, you got to like getting punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you yeah. got to, you got to get punched. You got to like getting punched in the face and be like, how do I not get punched in the face yeah. again? Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, you're going to get punched in the yeah. face yeah. at yeah. some it's other coming. time, but it's yeah. like, how do I not get punched in the face by the same kind of move again? I love how you ended that. And for those, for that person that hears that and wants to reach out to you, how's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, two best ways. Instagram's a great place. I love to connect with people on Instagram. Uh, James P. Quigley on IG. Uh, you can look for me also at thejamesquigley.com is my website. Um, those are the two best places to just kind of reach out to me. Awesome. Last question. What does it mean to thrive? Ooh, I love that. God, it's so good. Take your time with it. You know, thriving, you need to have your own definition of what success and thriving looks like for, for yourself. For me, it's living up to my values every day. I set these values in place and can I, do my actions allow me to live up towards them? Um, and even if I fall short, did I try my best to do that? So thriving is having your own definition of success defined clearly for yourself and every day waking up and trying your best to live up to that. I love that. It's not something that a lot of people, like I think in the, outside of Austin, a lot of people aren't thinking in that mindset of living up to those values. It was something on the East coast that I didn't really, I mean, you have the people going to church and then getting fucked up yeah. like the next day. That's yeah. kind of like what I grew up with. So it was just like the values are all over the place versus here. I think a lot of people are grounded in like, I'm going to live what I say and what my values are. So I really love that. That to me is a, a huge part of thriving and thriving life. So I appreciate you saying that. Thank you guys for listening in as always. I'm super appreciative of of you. The biggest impact I think James had on me here today, I always do this at the end, James, of kind of figuring out what was the most impactful thing. Um, and honestly, you just said it a couple minutes ago, and that's focus. It's not something that I've really heard anyone really say on, I think this is episode 88 now, um, crazy enough, but it's one of those things that I think is a hidden gem that being able to focus will help you in everything else that we talked about. If you can focus, you're going to figure out your core values. If you focus, you can figure out the marketing and the sales and who to talk to and what environments you should be in. But if you're out of focus, it's like that picture. Like it doesn't matter how good your camera is if it's still out of focus. That's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. Like the cameras we're shooting on right here, it doesn't matter if I have the shitty, shittiest phone camera like I had on my Razor when I was 13 years old or <laughs> if I razor. have this Sony that we're shooting yeah. on right now, if, if they're out of focus, they're out of focus. They both look the same. So it doesn't matter the quality of your environment or the people around you or what you're working on. If you cannot focus on what it means for you to thrive and for you to be the best person that you can possibly be. So think about that today. Again, James, thank you for hopping on here. Thank I you. really, really appreciate your time. And if you want to connect with him, the man just told you how to connect with him and how to best connect with him. So 
Don't be shy. Reach out. And if you want to talk to me as well, you know where to find me. I love y'all. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.